I'm Nicolas Bornois of Capital Inc. And I would like to welcome you to the last, but definitely not, not the least of, of the uh, panels of uh, today's forum. The first day of our forum has been a great day with uh, terrific uh, topics and uh, great panelists and terrific atten attendance. We are closing the first day with, uh, I think, one of the most uh, critical and interesting topics, the question of growing and uh, how the current uh, crisis in the Ukraine is uh, impacting uh, the, the crewing situation. As we all know, crewing is the backbone of shipping. Uh, crews have suffered a lot because of COVID. As we're now coming out of COVID, we have a new crisis coming through the uh, tension, the geopolitical tensions. And we have with us an expert, uh, Mr. Kostandinos Galanakis, the CEO of the El Victor Group, the only uh, publicly listed crewing company, publicly listed in the US. Uh, his company is focusing primarily on crewing as well as on ship management. And uh, we are privileged to have him with us to share his insight, a unique insight on what is happening today. So Mr. Galanakis, thank you for being with us. I thank you for uh, uh, giving me uh, the time and space to discuss about this critical uh, things uh, that we are going to discuss today and has to do with the crew matters uh, because uh, uh, there are a lot of alerts concerning this uh, field uh, that may disrupt uh, the operations of uh, ships in the nearest future due to these geopolitical uh, uh, facts and uh, well, let, let me it's, ask it's, very, it's very difficult uh, to discuss in detail. So we have to highlight the most important facts. Let me start by asking you yep. the first question. The, the ongoing supply chain disruption is compounded now by crew change complications arising as we discussed from the invasion of the Ukraine. Can you give us an overview of what is happening today? Yes, uh, to give you an overview, as I said previously, uh, I have to mention the immediate profound and uh, documented figures. Ukrainian and Russian seafarers uh, nowadays make up 14.5% of the global shipping workforce with approximately 198,000 198, Russian seafarers and uh, adding to this 76,500 Ukrainians. These nationalities follow the Filipino crew supply global dominance and the crew of these nationalities is specialized across the board, including uh, liquefied petroleum gas, uh, liquefied natural gas, container ships, uh, bulkers, multipurpose in high proportion. Now we have the restrictions that are not limited to COVID pandemic, but also to sanctions too. The profession has also suffered from uh, COVID-19, as you mentioned previously, uh, travel restrictions and regulations. Due to sanctions, travel restrictions became worse and crew changes logistics have become more challenging than it used to be with COVID. Uh, operating expenses of the vessels will increase due to the shortage of seafarers and geographic logistical alternations due to sanctions. These geopolitical tensions have triggered imminent demand for higher wages and uh, we have identified it lately, uh, those last four weeks, especially from Filipino seafarers, and I'm afraid that this could bring a chain reaction to other nationalities in the nearest future. Uh, last but not least, 
the ticketing prices have seen a high price uh, appreciation and uh, the cost of ticketing and crew changes overall is going to increase more uh, dramatically. Inflation and global markets on the other side uh, brings instability uh, and uh, there is a forecast that uh, a forecast scenario that vessels operating expenses will all, also increase if we connect all the dots we previously mentioned. We thought that we were sailing in uncharted waters with COVID-19, but it seems these geopolitical tensions will test the sustainability of shipping operations to the most considerable extent. So let's focus a little bit on, on the sanctions. European Union, NATO, yes. and some Asian countries like Singapore have placed sanctions on major Russian oil companies, even shipping companies. How will mm -hmm. this affect the seafarers and the shipping market, in, in your opinion? Uh, first of all, there is a risk of global trade and its sustainability. This creates a significant uh, challenge and complication to shipping companies and uh, the global supply chain. It could develop into a considerable threat. Many may think that this uh, war uh, will boost charter rates, but uh, we have an oxymoron case in today's scenario. It is estimated that approximately 40% of the grain is exported by Russia and Ukraine together, including other bulk cargos and uh, precious, uh, uh, precious metals like palladium and steel. Many analysts uh, and uh, many reports over the internet expect a shortage of cargo due to the boycotting and sanctions. Now, let's come to the Western economy. Are the sanctions reasonable? As it has been widely discussed, the sanctions could backfire on the Western shipping trade, and I'm afraid of worse times to come that could reverse the current bullish sentiment of the dry bulk and container markets. And lastly, uh, another thing to be discussed uh, over the next months uh, in various forums is the humanitarian crisis. What risk could the current situation create for ordinary uh, civilians that happen to be, for example, Russian seafarers. The event here is that Russian seafarers are ordinary people and professionals, and they were not involved in this invasion and in the decision of this invasion. This is purely political. With these sanctions, they cannot be paid or changed within the Western world with ease. And we have seen that lately. So sanctions will create a difficult situation, not only to the political leadership in Russia, but also for ordinary citizens. Due to various reasons, we have a tremendous influx lately of new principals requesting our services and replacing stranded seafarers from Ukraine and Russia. The fear and reflexes that are seen from these new customers is clear and are imminent. The most important reasons are seafarers that are want to go back to Ukraine to fight or go to neighboring countries in order to see their families uh, or due to unpleasant events that happened to their family members and themselves uh, when they went back. The most unfortunate though scenario is uh, when many principals have to change both nationalities. Uh, this creates the risk of interruption of ship operations uh, as guided and requested by oil majors and charters. It is uh, a fact 
that uh, we have a humanitarian crisis and we should study the implications of these sanctions on seafarers. Uh, so you open the door to the next question. What abnormalities have you identified during these weeks of these geopolitical tensions in the crew recruitment uh, field? Uh, allow me to answer concerning abnormalities with findings uh, that we uh, have identified. Uh, due to our technology and cloud systems, we have a live overview of the market demand and supply. We have seen a rise of online applications by over 35% and the last week over 75% compared to pre-invasion days and have identified some facts that uh, are forming very bad forecast indicators. Another finding is that the loyalty of the crew is being really tested nowadays. The so-called loyal crew members of well-known ship managers who have invested enormous amounts in building their seafarer career paths are now applying to other competitors, including uh, El Victor, and seeking to get 200, 300, up to $500 above the current market wages. These seafarers, as you may understand, exploit the current situation, and there is no reason to doubt it. Another finding is an influx of ship managers to countries they exited in the past. Uh, there are many ship, ship managers that used Eastern European seafarers and now are shifting to the Philippines market and to, the, and to other Asian ones, mainly from the bulker and container sector and last from the tanker sector. Uh, another finding is that uh, there is a change of application habits and extreme demands. What I mean by this, the most qualified seafarers that are applying to our company, for example, especially the top four officers from other companies and competitors are not visiting the mining offices and insist on online email exchange until they finalize negotiations and have guaranteed employment under their conditions with a potential ship manager that we propose. They request benefits on their application form. It's first time that we see this. Before any negotiation or proposal of their CVs to potential SIP managers, remote applications and remote negotiations are a fact in the current environment. And last uh, finding that I can uh, mention is, although uh, the above findings and uh, that we have communicated to various uh, ship owners and ship managers, as the conditions I described are accelerating, most ship managers are striving not to increase their crew budget, but they will face a new reality sooner than expected, unfortunately. Under these geopolitical tensions and conditions, seafarers today, whomever likes it, this is the reality, are the price makers and not the price takers. The pressure is shifted to the crew managers at the end of the day and to mining agents, both our competitors and ourselves, that try to bring an equilibrium on both sides, demands and requirements. Sandine, you are uh, painting a rather bleak picture, but I understand that uh, when you have all these geopolitical tensions, they, they lead to a supply squeeze. And obviously, uh, when you have a supply squeeze, those who are offering their services uh, demand more. Uh, yep. But now, 
if we put all this in context, how would yep. you describe the current situation in the maritime business overall to people who are non-familiar, non-expert in, in shipping? Mm. Well, uh, I would describe as the shipping industry faces continued turmoil because the world today is splitting into two spheres. Uh, shipping is experiencing historical uncertainty in sustainability, in logistics, and daily operations. Shipping faces, as I mentioned uh, previously, a humanitarian crisis and uncharted waters resulting from the pandemic restrictions, geopolitical tensions, and uh, war sanctions. The collateral damages at the end of the day are the seafarers of Ukraine and Russia, mainly, and uh, there is a big fear that this can extend to the shipping industry in general. Of course, shipping is a business that is used to volatility and uh, managing volatility and many times unpredictability is part of the shipping DNA. But having mm -hmm. said that, uh, let me ask you, how do you describe uh, the current situation, rather the situation with your current uh, Ukrainian and seafarers that you recruit? Yeah. Uh, currently, 50% uh, of our crew that is on board have extended contracts. 10% want to repatriate for the previously mentioned reasons. And 40% of our Ukrainian and Russian tanker crew, uh, I repeat, tanker crew, changed with Georgian seafarers, which uh, form the last resort of Eastern European seafarers, focusing closely on the mentality uh, budgetary and logistical determinants, and requirements set, uh, set by our existing and new customers. Uh, until uh, the war ends, many of our potential Ukrainian suppliers are backed up by our Georgian establishment, and coordination and communication are done mutually from our Ukrainian and Georgian officers. Unfortunately, our Ukrainian office uh, is uh, uh, closed and uh, our officers uh, are in secured places, as we speak, uh, and uh, our uh, Georgian office is assisting uh, Ukrainian seafarers that are outside uh, from the country, let me say, and want to rejoin, etc., etc. We have identified more than 150 Ukrainian seafarers who will not work again because, unfortunately, uh, either they assist in their country's philanthropic cause uh, but the most uh, bad cases are those that they have suffered family and financial losses, and uh, some of them have lost the, their entire fortune, uh, or their lives have been destroyed at all levels. And unfortunately, we have such uh, reports uh, from their families and uh, from some seafarers. Concerning Russian seafarers, at the end, we are monitoring the sanctions and waiting for the future to see if we shall be allowed to recruit them or not, based on the sanctions mentioned above. So we are looking and uh, we are uh, going to plan concerning the Russian seafarers based on uh, the sanctions and uh, news and guidelines from the Western European world, let me say. This is a very complicated situation and uh, controversial to some extent. So let me add with many, many stakeholders playing a key role in this. 
So mm -hmm. what controversies do you believe you should highlight in today's uh, situation? Uh, working with various vessel types, uh, the most difficult, allow me to say, not from our side, but uh, from the ship manager side, is uh, charters, especially oil majors, that I believe they should revise and amend their officer matrix criteria and requirements. Large and well-established tanker companies are in the middle of uh, the chaos, trying to find solutions to sustain their oil major requirement, which is well known as year with operator, and nationalities mix that uh, are limited up to three nationalities. Uh, there are tanker companies that have Russian or Ukrainians or both nationalities exclusively. On the one hand, oil majors require these nationalities to be repatriated. I'm talking about both, either due to sanctions or because they form a potential high risk of disrupting operations. And this is a fact. Nobody can handle an imminent shifting to other nationalities due to the historical gap that we are facing right now in sourcing uh, that affects recruitment process overall. Let's remember what we said previously, that Ukrainian and Russian crews represent 14.5% of the global crewing supply. Uh, if not amended in due time, there would be significant logistical gaps, allow me to say, arising from such uh, charters requirements. Last but not least, uh, the ship managers are facing regulations, guidelines, restrictions, and uh, all these are increasing in the maritime industry. They emanate from various organizations, providing an additional headache to the today's ship managers, ship operators, ship owners, call them as you like, amending their quality manuals and procedures, leaving no room for sustaining a proper and mainstream operational flow environment. And this is a big problem. And uh, that's why I said uh, that uh, the operations today are tested. Let me ask you, what risks do you see in your line of business, especially the crewing uh, business? And what do you recommend to ship managers with whom you work? Yeah. Uh, since the, uh, 2001, uh, we have been uh, the early adopters of digitalization and we have in-house developed systems, online applications, digitalized operations and interactive negotiations through the web, uh, which are daily tasks and routines for us. Uh, we keep on amending, uh, our, uh, and, uh, amending our procedures in our uh, online cloud systems, uh, but also uh, we are keep on learning uh, from the facts uh, and the trends and fashions of the industry. There is a new outlook for the crewing market following the invasion of Ukraine. We all have to identify the potential future risks and unfortunately predict where the market is heading. I recommend uh, the tools that a ship manager uh, should use is to do proactive scheduling build new pools with more nationalities, cadetship, progressive but also aggressive promotion schedules, benefits and incentives of various kinds, 
and faster response and focus to the crew matters. And the most important that is discussed in many uh, uh, places around the world, and especially in shipping, is the dedication uh, and the high focus on crew welfare. Shipping is not like it used to be. Speed and technology are of higher need today and are the ammunition of today's ship management. Uh, decisions must be made on accurate data and information. Uh, thus, uh, to sum up, we have to act proactively and fast. Constantine, let me conclude with uh, two questions that came through uh, from our audience. Yeah. Uh, one of them is, is the current uh, supply crisis or crewing crisis uh, affect uh, all uh, shipping segments, dry bulk containers, tankers, or is there one that might be more affected? And the second question is, you mentioned about uh, higher ticket costs. Yep. Is that something that can be passed through? Uh, talking with various, uh, let me answer from the last question. Uh, talking with various picketing houses, uh, all the routes that have changed uh, cause a problem and uh, they uh, estimate that uh, the pricing tickets will go higher. And uh, if you remember, pre-COVID, the tickets were cheaper. With COVID, they increased and they didn't decrease. And now there is uh, changing in global routes, especially uh, for uh, the nationality of Russians uh, and for the Europeans now. Uh, and we don't know, this is the problem, that uh, there is no clear picture of what is going to happen and what routes are going to be open from which uh, uh, companies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I'm not an expert in uh, ticketing. Uh, I uh, listen to the commonalities that uh, ticketing houses uh, are transferring to us and also the prices we see that we pay for the changes. And I can, assure, uh, I can assure you that uh, not only us, also with some competitors that I speak, they have the same problem. There is an increase in price in ticketing. Concerning the first um, uh, question, uh, all the industries are going to be affected, but the most uh, problematic, allow me to say, industry is the tanker because it's segmented, uh, not segmented, it's uh, structured around some key performance indicators, some matrices and some procedures that uh, uh, for me are extremely organized. I wish that the whole shipping market, including the bulker and container market, uh, would have uh, uh, these uh, metrics that uh, OKIMF uh, usually um, imposes. Uh, but uh, there is a problem. For example, a tanker company that has a Russian crew, because we have such cases, they have to change their whole crew. They have problems in paying uh, the crew. They are afraid of sanctions. And also there are some oil majors that they are pressing them to change the Russians because of sanctions. Uh, so the biggest market that is going to be affected uh, concerning recruitment uh, of seafarers uh, in order to comply with the rules and regulations is the tanker market. Of course, there are bunker and containers, uh, which are with uh, class A charters, that they have uh, officer matrices and uh, requirements uh, that uh, bring uh, the new bulk management self-assessment that is coming into force uh, in a few months, as I heard. Uh, 
This, as you may understand, uh, I cannot predict, but uh, the numbers prove that uh, the only market to be affected more is the tanker market in closing. Thank you very much. It's been uh, very interesting because exactly uh, our discussion, crewing is the backbone of shipping. Uh, crewing has been, uh, unfortunately, in, uh, in the spotlight uh, because of the humanitarian crisis with COVID. Now it's coming back into the spotlight because of the uh, new crisis that has been created uh, with uh, the Ukraine invasion. So thank you. And um, I think it was very interesting that you pointed out that 14.5% of the crewing supply comes from these two major countries. And also that uh, these countries have been supplying uh, highly skilled uh, seafarers, officers. Yeah. Um, so it makes it uh, even more uh, difficult for the shipping companies. To for example, out. one of the top uh, tanker uh, crews in VLCC tankers, uh, and I believe many will agree with me, are the Russians. Uh, they were the most specialized in uh, VLCCs, for example. Uh, Ukrainians were in MRs. Now they're being replaced uh, by Georgians, by Latvians, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and uh, uh, the thing is that uh, all these uh, ship owners in the past have invested a lot of money to build these seafarers. And unfortunately, this goes into vain. And uh, uh, we have a problem. And uh, I'm afraid that this will escalate because, as we said previously, there is a squeeze. And uh, many seafarers are already exploiting uh, the situation, and they will exploit more. So if uh, the, the ship managers want to keep uh, their budgets in a good co uh, condition and not increase it, they have to start from yesterday, not from today, not from tomorrow, from yesterday to build uh, through cadet ship uh, new pools of seafarers from various nationalities and never step on one uh, leg. Have more feet to stand uh, because uh, as we see, shipping is uh, unpredictable. And let's conclude by traditional wisdom. Not a good idea to put all your eggs in one basket. Correct. So uh, thank you very, very much for uh, sharing. I thank you for, uh, for your time and for the listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And let's uh, remind everybody that El Victor is the only publicly listed in the US uh, company focusing on crewing. So your uh, comments have particular uh, relevance. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you.